From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and this episode will be Art in a Microphone. One of the many things I love about The Little is the amount of things we can offer. It's not just movies, we have food, live music on a nearly nightly basis, and a new art exhibit in the cafe every month. Our October gallery is Wild Things, Animals and Art. It's a three-person show that focuses on animals, and you guys can cheer when I mention that. Cheering is all right. Maybe I'll add clapping. (laughs) So as you can tell, joining us are the artists behind this gallery. First, we have Brian O'Neill, a classically trained realism oil painter. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you. It's very great to be here. Next, we have Susie Zefting-Kuhn, the founder of Main Street Artist Gallery. She's a signature member and the president of the Rochester Art Club as well. Thanks for joining us, Susie. Thanks. It's great to be here. And also in studio, finally, we have Diane Bellinger, also a signature member of the Rochester Art Club and a member of Main Street Artists. And I've heard she may have been came, forced to come here. Is this true? <laughs> yes. They, they, uh, they dragged me here. <laughs> Not literally. We Not should literally. know that. We use duct tape. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And so finally, we have Zan Bruner. Zan is the curator of The Little's monthly art exhibits. And I really can't say enough about how great she has been for The Little. So thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. So you guys ready to talk about art here? Yeah, let's yes. go. Okay. So I will note, too, Wild Things, Animals, and Art is on display uh, from right now, right as you're listening to this, uh, through Friday, October 28th. It's located right in the Little Cafe. That's our theater's two through five entrance. Uh, right on Winthrop Street near Hearts um, in that area. So check it out, please. Um, and to start off, we just want you guys to tell us a little bit about the gallery. So we'll, we'll start with you, Brian. Just tell us a little about if someone wants to know, ask you, what's going on with this gallery? What is this? What would you say? Um, well, I'll speak a little bit about, the first of all, the impetus for the show and the collaboration, which I'm sure Susie can expand on as well, because I, I was brought into this a little bit later on in its development. We... Um, put together a collection of work which is all animal-themed art. And what I think is so successful about the collaboration is the diversity in styles and mediums that you'll see represented there, not only the diversity in subject matter. I chose to do a collection of seven paintings that are all bird paintings, incorporating um, some of the metal leaf. People will know a lot of my work in Rochester, my abstract abstraction paintings with silver, gold, copper leaf. So those are very different than, say, Diane's paint uh, drawings, which are graphite, and Susie's pastels, which are a little bit softer, which is the nature of the meeting. So there's definitely something for everybody there. And I think, you know, doing it in a space like the little cafe is wonderful because it's accessible. People can walk right up to the art, get in close and really take it in. Okay. Now, did you guys each focus on a different animal then? Or was that you just did the birds? Or was there, did you guys have other focus as well? Well, Diane and I tended to, um, I was starting to visit some zoos all over the country. Whenever I would go visit an area, I would try to get to the zoo. So I've been collecting a lot of photo reference for zoo animals. So that was my focus. I had been already working on a series of pastel zoo animals. Um, and then Zan had asked if I wanted to do a show at the Little, and we decided the animals might be a good topic, and that's when I enlisted the, uh, the help of my two cohorts here to uh, join me in the show, which made it a lot more fun. And um, I think that's just my main focus. It's, it's the zoo animals. I love to visit them. I love to look at them. They have just as much personality as a human being does. 
So that's my focus. Now, what uh, through your travels to these different zoos, what was the what was your favorite or maybe one of the coolest or unique uh, animals that you saw at the zoo? I'm sure like different ones had different animals, right? Yes, they do. They do. They have they have different animals at different zoos. I think so far my favorite zoo to visit, however, has been the Cheyenne Zoo in Denver. The uh, viewing areas are open. Uh, it's easy to photograph the animals. You have very good viewing points. Um, there's a lot going on there. Our Seneca Park Zoo has been doing some renovations, so we're planning on spending more time there. And the Bronx Zoo was really interesting as well. Okay. Do you know how many zoos you went to in total? I mean, it was it? Well, I've only about- been to about, well, let's see, it's been Seneca, Bronx, Denver, and Portland, Oregon. Okay. But that's like from different parts of the country. Yes. That's a wide range yes. there. So. Yes. Oh, that's neat. Yes. All right. How about you, Diane? What were some of your... Uh... Well, mostly I've been to uh, our Seneca Park Zoo and uh, the zoo in Buffalo. Uh, what got me started was uh, a drawing I saw of an elephant in uh, one of the British art magazines. And the artist used the same materials that I do. And this drawing was just magnificent. And I thought, I've always wanted to do an elephant. So that started me on my trips to the Seneca Park Zoo, and then finally to Buffalo several times. And I was just intrigued with um, how much we're almost human. And um, I think that the best was the snow leopard at Buffalo. And they don't have a fence. They just have a big glass panel. So I could see very clearly, and I got wonderful pictures. And and the key is to be very patient and stand there and wait until you get the pose you want. Now I was, uh, you mentioned this, and you, Susie, also mentioned this. The the personality in the animals mm-hmm, yeah. is that something that's difficult to capture. I mean, maybe you could say it's difficult to capture a personality if you're painting like a human or anything too. But you know, was, was there any challenge in capturing that personality when you were doing this art? I my first love is portraiture. So uh, when I started doing the animals, I found it a very easy transition. Um, I typically, when I do portraits, I hone in on the eyes. To me, the eyes are really important. Um, and I find the same thing with the animals. And the more I painted them, the more I, I, I guess I sort of felt them as I was painting them. And I, I typically, I'm, I'm pretty good at editing my photographs when I take the photographs to begin with because of my experience with the artwork. So I tend to edit when I'm taking the photograph as opposed to later. Um, and talking about the, the patience that Diane was talking about waiting for the right pose. When I was at the Portland, Oregon Zoo, they had just fed the lions. And there was this majestic lion that was chomping on this piece of meat behind a log. Mm-hmm. And I stood in the window with my camera ready for 10 straight minutes waiting for him to look up. And then I finally got the shot I wanted. Now, is this a pro tip? Because I'm thinking, like, if a lot of people are doing this, there would be maybe an impatience or a willing, like, I want to I want to do this. I'm excited. Like, I think it's hard to do that patience. Is that something that you guys kind of had to learn as you did this? Or was it just kind of like a natural thing? Like, of course, I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to be patient to get, you know, the perfect shot, what I need. Well, I'm a patient person to begin mm-hmm. with. 
<laughs> and so standing there watching for that right shot or as a matter of fact one day it was listening because I was watching the tiger waiting for a good shot with him and I heard the lion starting he was roaring and it was so loud the air just vibrated so I hot-footed it down to the lion cage and uh the drawing is in the show of him roaring and it was a cold morning and the his breath you could see his breath in the air but the, I got him with his mouth wide open <laughs> just um, it was it was yeah. a great moment yeah I think you just have to I think maybe we as artists just tend to be more observant and maybe perhaps a little bit more intuitive of what might be going to happen or could happen we also have, I think we all have an intrinsic um, patience that's there, that's necessary mm-hmm. for the craft mm-hmm. that we've invested our lives in. And if, if you're not, if, I know if I'm not patient with my work, then I'm not going to get the results that I truly want. So there's a sort of duality that happens in creativity where there's an immediacy because there's an excitement about wanting to get it out there, get it on paper, get it into clay, get it into glass, get it into oil, whatever the medium is you're working in, that's the creative energy. But after time and experience, you learn that there are levels and stages to these things. So patience is a vital ingredient. It's the, probably, for me, the most important tool in my artist toolbox is patience. Okay. As an impatient person, that's good to know. <laughs> maybe I figured well, that's maybe what I was asking. I'm just I, you know, you should see me in Wegmans you know, at 5 o'clock <laughs> in the parking lot. You know, so all that patience goes flying out the window. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, me driving home in rush hour, yeah, you know, there's no, no patience. Yeah. I'm not that angry of a person in real life, just, just in that situation. Um, so speaking of that, I don't know if there's a set time. I'm guessing it varies. But how long does it take to complete one piece? Is there a certain time or is it com- completely random or dependent on, on what you're doing? I think it's different for everyone. I'm mm-hmm. I'm prolific. I work a lot. Um, people, even my artist friends will say, wow, you're really fast. You did that really fast. It's just, it's just the nature and how I work. But a lot of my work is established through efficiency. Um, you mentioned at the beginning that I'm a classically trained oil realism painter. I apprenticed at a four-year private studio apprenticeship program in realism, drawing, and painting. A lot of that training was about efficiency. So I, you know, I set my palette up exactly the same way each and every single time and the same colors in the same order. That's about efficiency. I mean, I would equate that to a musician who, you know, you had a pianist who sat down and suddenly, you know, the keys were in a different place. Eventually they might be able to figure something out, but it would take them you know, that much longer. So it, it just depends. And I personally, I work on several pieces at once. So, I, I, which speaks to the patience thing again. I can have patience because I'm able to, while I'm waiting for something to dry on it over here, I can then jump over to something else. Right. And now do you guys, so if you're working on the series of the animal paintings, and I know some of you, you said that's what you mainly do anyway, but if, if you're doing something different, do you try to complete like all the, all of the same series or all of the same like theme before you move on to something else? Or is it just, you know, you'll be working on multiple things i I tend to i actually have two series going i have the animals plus i do a series of i call it jazz hands so those i do in oils so those are hands on musical instruments so i focus on the hands 
Um, so sometimes I may have one of those going and one of the animals going because they're two different mediums. But unlike Brian, I tend to be a much slower painter. Um, and with my obligations to the Rochester Art Club, a lot of my time gets pulled away from the painting to do administrative work. But when I am painting, um, most of the animal portraits that are at the Little right now, I have at least 40 to 60 hours invested into each one. Okay. So again, you know, obviously there's a lot of work into this, so we want you guys to check it out. So if you miss it at the beginning, it's at the Little Cafe. You can check it out. It's The cafe is directly in the theater's 225 entrance. You'll see it. We have live music there. You can check that out. Uh, if you would like a preview, we do have a couple examples on thelittle.org. Um, do you guys have like a Facebook page or anything? For, we had an event page. We have an but, event page. Okay. So we also have the event page, and that is just called uh, Wild Things, Animals, and Art, correct? Right. Okay, so you guys can go online and check that out if you're curious, if you're listening, you're like, I want to visualize some of this. That's something you can do. Uh, now, I want to go back to something we, we were talking about at the beginning, about how you three teamed up. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Maybe, Zan, you could uh, chime in. I don't know. How, did you kind of help organize this? I know you said Susie was kind of the leader for that as well. But how did you get about uh, you know making this a reality here? Well, I met Susie several years ago uh, when I was the co-chair of ARENA, and she... Um, housed a meeting of all the Rochester art clubs. And um, when I left the meeting, I said, I really want to work with this woman. She's got it together. <laughs> um, and I is, wanted to work with Zan. <laughs> yeah, so we we wanted to do an elephant project uh, at our zoo, but it, it just didn't work out. So I thought, well, I'm going to offer Susie a show at the Little. And... Um, she thought that that would be great, and she would, you know, find a couple people to, uh, you know, uh, accompany her and compliment her work, and mm -hmm. uh, the rest is history. Yeah. It came together nicely. It did. It did. Well, I like it when there's a collaboration, too. It's nice yes. to see different artists work, and not to say the solo shows are also great, but I, I was just as you were describing that, I was just thinking how lucky we are in Rochester to have such a vibrant art scene. Like, there's, yeah. it's really a terrific art scene. There's so much to do. There's so much talent out there. Uh, have you guys been in the Rochester area for a while, or some of yes. you guys from other areas? I'm from, uh, I didn't grow up here. I grew up right outside New York City on the Nassau-Queens border of Long Island and moved up here about 13 years ago. And um, I've had a professional art career for about 20 years now. Um, but I will say, having moved up to Rochester, uh, it was interesting because my career blossomed moving away from New York City. So it, I, and I, I really attribute that to the the network and community of artists that are here in Rochester and the fact that we can collaborate with one another in these types of shows like Wild Things, that it really is about experiencing your peers and the art form that you're so passionate about together. And um, it really, it sort of breathes life back into the creative process. I, I have work in galleries around the country and, you know, I'm, I'm beginning, almost beginning work now for a solo show at the Nan Miller Gallery next spring of 2017 with about 35 to 40 paintings. That's a huge undertaking. undertaking. It's really important for me to be able to do things like this, too, because I love my friends. And, you know, the Hungerford Building, where we have a studio, yes. is, is like a heart center of creativity. It is amazing. I've traveled a lot of places around the country. I don't know another place like this. It's, it's, really, um, it's, it's really quite amazing. 
Okay. And actually, when you, you mentioned the Hunger Fort building, it, it reminded me that First Friday is coming up, Yes, um, which obviously there's a lot to do. And if you go to the First Friday website, you will see information on this gallery, too. So again, if anyone's listening, if you're going out for First Friday, again, that's October, let's see, 7th? 7th. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. October 7th. So when you're listening, it might even be October 7th. So please go out, check it out. I think the weather is supposed to be really nice. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, it's supposed to be beautiful. Uh, yeah. So you yeah. can walk around, go out. It's going to be a great time. Now, another thing that you know popped in my head as you guys were describing this is, what advice would you have uh, for aspiring artists or people that want to make it? Kind of maybe they want to have a, a gallery in the Little or, or somewhere in Rochester. You know, what advice would you lend to them? I would say I don't mean to take answer all the questions here, but I, th- <laughs> um, I would you know I'm just I'll thinking about Andy. myself. You know, when I was in my 20s and I was doing jobs other than art, but I had a great interest in art. I, I've been an artist since you know I was a kid. This is the gift I was born with, and I was doing other things that I wasn't always passionate about. I wasn't happy about, but then it becomes personal responsibility to take action. So whether it's putting work in a coffee shop or creating a solo show for yourself and whatever venue possible, do it. And everything has value in it. Everything has, because the experience is is built on the backs of the last thing you tried to do. So you always learn something. What worked? What didn't work? What would you do differently next time? I, I've made, and it's the same thing with paintings. So for a young aspiring artist, this is something I tell my students all the time, whether in a workshop with me or my full-time drawing students, is that you're not allowed to talk badly about your work. And you're not allowed to talk badly about yourself. Because there's enough people in the world that'll do that for you. You don't need to be one of them. <laughs> so, you know, as artists, we, we have to do this esteem building as much as we have to do portfolio and business building. So we can look at something that maybe wasn't successful, technically or aesthetically, and then we figure out why. But find something in there that was successful and then build on it. That's probably the best piece of advice I could give to a young artist is don't talk badly about yourself. Be honest about the work. Show it to other people and be willing to take feedback. And I think that's just good advice in general is the mindset that that you should be in. All right, Susie or Diane, do you want to? Yeah, my advice would be is to join a local art club. Mm -hmm. There are so many local art clubs in our community. Um, of varying degrees, varying levels. And if you join a local art club, become active. Like the Rochester Art Club. Like the Rochester (laughs) Art Club. Become active in that art organization. Um, By becoming active in your organization, you will meet so many people. Um, As soon as I got into art, it wasn't too long after that I joined my first art club. And I'm not one that can kind of join a club and not do anything. So I became involved, and by becoming involved, I met so many great artists, and I've just continually spread out from there. So as president of the Rochester Art Club, I've kind of taken that position and kind of I've included all the local art clubs. We've met with the presidents of all the local art clubs, um, and we're gearing up towards working on a joint venture together. Um, So we're sharing feedback. And, I mean, this is how I met these two wonderful artists that I'm in this show with. Now, how, how can someone join the Rochester Art Club if they're listening and be like, oh, I want to join, you know, how is the best? There are two ways to join. We have two memberships. One is an associate membership, whereby all you need to do is contact our membership chair, and she'll send you an application. 
You fill it out. You pay the dues. Our dues are $75 a year, and you are now an associate member. The associate member status entitles you to everything the club has to offer, with the exception of you, are, you cannot vote on club issues, and there's one show per year that you can enter. Um, sometimes we have small shows here and there, and everyone is free to enter those. You can also exhibit in our studio at the Hungerford. Um, the other status is the signature status, and that is where you would jury to become a signature member. And the jury pool is uh, usually three peer signature members, and you would bring your work down or send it by digital images, and they would take a look, and if they feel that you are ready to be called a signature member, you automatically become one. Oh. Associate members can also take another route to become a signature member. Every time they get into one of our fall shows, which is the one show per year that they are allowed to enter, they get a point. And when they earn three points, they automatically become a signature member. Okay. And I would just feel good about earning points. That's, that's a reward. Yeah, it's, it's a, like it's, a gold sticker. Yeah, <laughs> it takes longer, but it's an easier, less stressful, anxiety-provoking <laughs> way to do it. Okay. Uh, how about you, Diane? Is your advice to go on as many podcasts as possible for young artists? <laughs> oh, I think, I think that's the way to go. Okay. Uh, I have to agree with Susie. Uh, joining art groups, local art groups, I'm, I think in maybe three or four at the moment and that's how i started out with uh, suburban rochester art group oh i've been a member i think it's 44 years now i joined when i was quite young you know just <laughs> and uh you still are very young though. yes yes and, and uh, <laughs> from there uh, i was able to exhibit we had many wonderful demonstrators and you know it just encouraged me to pursue more workshops, um, uh, studying with different artists. Um, then I joined uh, the uh, colored pencil group, which is a, a whole different world. And then um, I finally thought, well, I'm going to take the leap, and I'm going to try Rochester Art Club. And I had been a member uh, a long time ago, and I had to drop out. And uh, so I brought my work in, and I said, I was a member about 30 years ago, and I said, I'd like to come back. And when I went to pick up my work, they were so excited. They said, we're not going to let you wait to get the letter. We're going to tell you right now. <laughs> so, Mary loves to do that. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I was I was walking about two feet off the ground at that point, and um, I thought, well, here I am. I'll see if Main Street artists might be interested. <laughs> and there was Susie, and I walked in, and I said, are you taking in any members? And she said, we sure are. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... Uh, well, that's good. I, I hope that someone's out there listens to this and, and maybe would wants to go this route and is inspired or encouraged to do so. Because, like I said, you know, the city, there's so much talent. There's a lot of places that support that talent. So I just, you know, it's good for people to be able to find that. Um, so I'm going to switch gears just a tad here. Um, so we do have this exhibit. Again, it runs until October 28th. Uh, but we have a lot of upcoming, like I said, every single month we have a new a new exhibit in the arts. Suzanne, I'll have you go through maybe a couple a couple of the upcoming ones. What can people look forward to? 
Okay, in November, uh, Philip Lang, who's a photographer, uh, will be showing. And um, in December, uh, Maria Frisky and David Cowles will have a show together. And that should be very interesting. She's a painter, and he does caricatures, uh, which have been in the paper for years. Okay, in the Democratic Chronicle? Yes, okay. so you'll recognize that. Um, and then next year, uh, January, we have Lynn Feldman, who's a painter and works with collage. And February is Liz Duran and Jim Mott. Uh Liz is a printmaker and Jim is a painter, but they both focus on landscape. And that's a show that I uh, went after to get both of them and put together. Um, photography again in March is Angela Posimato. And um, I don't know how much more I should go on, but I do have a calendar for 2017 and 18 filled. And am taking um, uh, a list of people for 2019, which is very exciting. Um, so if someone wants to uh, think about having a show at The Little, they could contact me at zan at thelittle.org. Okay, and Zan is Z-A-N-N-E, Yes, correct. and um, I would ask you to send uh, images of your work, and then I would be in contact with you to see if it's a good fit, and then put you down for 2019 if that works out. But I'm also interested in having shows that are a little bit more unusual like this one or has some kind of theme to it. Um, Arena is having a show in June, uh, and I have decided that the theme for that show will be jazz because it will be during the jazz fest. Oh, nice. I like that. (laughs) So it's kind of nice to put those things together when you can. So um, I think the crowd's getting rowdy here. <laughs> I see you guys. I can see you on my peripherals. Um, another one that's interesting is Joe Crookston. He's a musician, but he's also an artist. And um, he's also had um, his songs in a couple local films. Oh, neat. Yeah. Like, uh, which ones in particular? One is called The Blue Tattoo. Okay. Which is, uh, was shot primarily in Buffalo, and it's about uh, the Holocaust. And uh, it's about a survivor, an older woman that wanted to get her story out. And um, his music, uh, The Blue Tattoo, it's a song he wrote, is in the film. So it would be nice if we could get his film happening at the same time as his show and then maybe he can perform at his opening or maybe in theater one okay yeah yeah so it's kind of nice to to connect those together okay and we've had like a lot of different themes like that and if anyone is curious about the past art we've had too you can go to the little dot org um, all the past art is on our website too so it's a good way if you're just finding out you're like oh this sounds really cool I wonder what other artists are there it's a good way to look at what artists have been and maybe check out their other stuff I mean there's been a, there's been a lot of really good stuff and I know we had the best of show it was just in August right it Am was I... last month oh okay September, Am I... oh, September. <laughs> I'm like what month is it My, I'm all screwed up and I see we have another best of show uh, in December in 2017 too, right. as well so yeah. you know that's always a good way to get um to get all the artists together from the year too, yeah. which is always a really cool thing. That's a that's a really fun way for this past month. It was sixteen artists, and uh, for them to get together and see each other's work and meet each other's friends and 
um, hopefully sell some work is, uh, is a really good thing. Okay. So I think that's it. We're going to wrap up. I'm going to give you guys each a chance to kind of give a shout out if you have anything, or you could just say hi to someone if you want. Um, <laughs> anything that maybe I forgot to mention, you'd be like, hey, anything about the gallery, anything in particular, it's open forum. Suzanne, I'll start with you again if there's anything that you had just missed, and then we can just go around this way. Uh, I would just say to uh, everybody to kind of keep in mind Sunday afternoons, 2.30 to 4.30. It's usually the first or second Sunday of the month. Um, it's a really nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon and meet the artists, see the work. It's usually refreshments, too, I believe. There right? are, <laughs> and the cafe is open for drinks. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to uh, find something to buy for someone you care about. Or yourself. Mm-hmm. And it really is great. I've been to a couple of them. And it's just nice to chat with the people. And it's it's the work is so cool. And it's nice to, like, like what I'm doing right now, hear the stories behind it or, um, you know, see how, how a particular piece came about. It's, it's very neat. So we will encourage that. And, uh, again, it's the little.org. We always have the information on the opening receptions. And like uh, Zan had mentioned, it's usually the first or second Sunday from 2.30 to 4.30. So if, if you don't see it, just keep that in mind. Uh, all right, Diane, we'll go with you. Anything Anything we missed? Anything you want people to follow you on? Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter? Well, no, <laughs> no. I don't, I'm not in on any of those, but I would just like to thank Brian and Susie for asking me to join them in this exhibit, and I'd like to encourage everybody to come out and uh, give our animals a good home. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I enjoy that. All right, Susie, anything, we, anything you want to give a shout-out to here? Yes. Well, first, I would like to thank you for helping to publicize our, our wonderful collaboration and for Zan for allowing us to have this exhibit. Um, secondly, I would like to say that uh, we'd love to see you at the Hungerford. We'll, we'll be there Friday night. We'll be there second Saturday, which is the 8th, uh, up in the Main Street Artist, Studio 458, 452, up on the fourth floor. So we'd love to see you there. You can see more of Diane and my, my work. Okay. And again, the first Friday is every month. and Yes. So even if you happen to be listening to this, you're like, oh, I missed it. Guess what? The first Friday of the next month, <laughs> you right, can come exactly. to the little cafe. You yep. can go to the Hungerford. ton of great stuff yes. in places all around the city. Lots going on. All right, Brian, anything? Uh, I just want to, you know, um, reiterate what Susie just said. Thank you so much for a great interview. And um, just to let people know if they want to see more of my work, they can go to the Nan Miller Gallery at uh, 3000 Monroe Avenue. I have six oil figurative pieces, which is in a group show right now, Fashion and Art, which is also a benefit fundraiser for the Center for Youth. Um, so they can check out more of my work there or follow me on Instagram at Brian O'Neill Artist or my website, brianoneillstudio.com. And look for the solo show at the Nanilla Gallery of Spring 2017. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to my guests here. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking about it. Art is not my specialty, so I really, it, just to learn about it is so fascinating to me. And even just to look at it, like I'll be in the cafe a lot, obviously. And it's just, it, it makes it so much better in there. It makes it so, I mean, it's already great, but just to see all the different art is so neat. So thank you again for taking the time to come out here. Thank you. Um, Again, it's Wild Things, Animals, and Art. Um, You can find more information at thelittle.org. You can search on Facebook and see at The Little also has uh, some information on our Facebook page. Uh, Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and The Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break. Yeah.